racetracks around Australia. Here's Inside Motorsport. This week we catch up with all the action from the penultimate round of the BOC Gasses Super Touring Car Championship from Winton in Victoria. Also, we look at drag racing, the second round of the Winter Series from Canberra International Dragway certainly set the scene for a great summer of drag racing. Ravel Steering is Canberra's longest established steering and suspension specialist. With their experience, there are no better people to turn to for shock absorbers, TRW tie rod ends and ball joints, polyurethane suspension bushes and the famous King Springs. Ravel Steering offer a range of wheel alignment and balancing. So call today to find out why your vehicle's steering and suspension can be maintained or improved by Ravel Steering. 28 Mort Street, Braddon. Phone 6247-7711. It was Cameron McConville who came out victorious with two wins from two races. Although his Audi A4 teammate of Brad Jones having his worst weekend of the season, it was Cameron McConville who closed up the gap. Jim Richards in race number one came second with Cameron McLean third. That third place was enough for him to shore up his position at the top of the Privateers Cup. Mark Adderton in the Honda came fourth with Peter Hills in the Ford Mondeo coming in fifth position. In race two, the front didn't change. McConville had his second win and round win for the season. Cameron McLean managed to bump himself up to second place and Jim Richards in the S40 was coming in third place. Brad Jones got around his troubles in heat number one to finish fourth with Mark Adderton once again in the Honda up into fifth position. How that leaves the BOC Gases Championship going towards the Oran Park finale on August 30 is Jones on 162 points, Cameron McConville on 158, Jim Richards on 155, all three drivers with a realistic chance of making the championship. Cameron McLean's 120 points secured the Privateers Cup and 74 points to Mark Adderton sees him fifth in the championship. With only two manufacturers contending the Manufacturers Cup, Audi with 204 is leading Volvo quite comprehensively with 174. Remembering those Volvo only having one car entered. We had an opportunity to catch up with Brad Jones after the race meeting and Brad, it was probably disappointing for you who wanted to consolidate your position at the head of the championship table. Um, yeah, we live to fight another day. I'm still leading the championship and that's what's important. Jim Richards has closed up the championship with you as well as uh, your teammate Cameron McConville. Now you've got to look putting in a perfect performance when you get to Iron Park. Well, it's just a matter of winning the race, which is basically what I try to do here, but um, couldn't. But uh, yeah, we've just got to go to Iron Park and beat Cameron and beat Rico to win the championship. So that's what we... Uh, Focusing all our energy on it would have been nice to go there with a reasonable lead, but it just wasn't possible. This weekend you've had a couple of problems. First of all, an engine blow up on the, the Friday, and, th and then well, uh, a broken gearbox in the first race today. Zinged it, and rather revved it, so, which was my fault. Broke a gear in the gearbox today, which um, yeah, it's no one's fault, it's just one of those things. So, yeah, we had a bad weekend, but it's behind us now, and um, just need to look forward to Oran Park and, and hope that was the, uh, the clanger of a weekend um, been and gone. Do you think it's a case that you were pushing a bit harder than usual and that could have led to these sort of problems? No, I don't think so. It's just, you know, the, uh, the, the over-rev was human error and the, the breakage was just one of those things. I mean, you can't sort of dwell on it, and I'm certainly not. The, the upside of the whole, the whole program is we're leading the championship um, and um, just got to look at, you know, making that grow. Now, when you get to uh, Oran Park, they're using the long circuit this time around at Oran Park. How do you think that'll suit the Audi? 
Um, probably a little less than I'll suit the Volvo, but um, uh, yeah, I'm not too uh, I'm not too worried about it. I think that um, um, you know it's, it's going to be a line ball, but on the short circuit, the Audi was very very fast, and uh, um, I had to measure without too much trouble. And uh, I think that um, probably what we had is a good place to start for the uh, for the round. You know, with the setup of the car, and I think we'll be okay. One of the things being, of course, that, that extra long straight when you get on the long circuit at, at Iron Park, that maybe that'll give the Volvo a bit of an advantage. Oh, well, that it'll certainly catch it up a little bit, but our car's better through the side switch stuff, and there's a, a reasonable amount of that as well. So, no, I think that um, the Volvo probably out-qualified. I'm pretty, pretty uh, or reasonably confident that I can out-race. Jim Richards, you had a weekend of mixed fortune. We did. I suppose you could say, um, you know, we're very pleased with the, with the overall result, but... Uh, you know, if, if Brad had finished that first race, obviously the, the result wouldn't have been uh, quite as close as it is at the moment. Jim, uh, Brad having the troubles, of course, has helped close that gap so that when you go to Oran Park, you're that much closer to really put in a, an all-out effort to try and win that championship from him. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's uh, seven points, and, um, you know, if, if, if I won both the races uh, and Brad finished second in both of them, then uh, I'd be eight points further up on them. So, you know, anything can happen. It's, uh, it's a matter of just going there and doing the best we can and, and, and seeing what uh, takes place, you know. How has the new Winton layout suited the Volvo? Uh, to be honest, it doesn't suit it as much as the, the um, earlier layout, mainly because uh, the new layout puts in another three second-gear corners, which, of course, in a 320-horsepower front-wheel drive car, you don't need too many second-gear corners because the car develops quite a lot of power and it's trying to feed it through the front tyres. And, uh, of course, that takes a toll on the tyres. The tyre is trying to wheel spin all the time. Of course, it uh, usually overheats it and the tyre suffers. Oh, I think that the corners that they've put in really don't do anything. I mean, it's very hard to make a passing manoeuvre on that sort of corner because uh, when the cars are as even as they are now, it's, uh, you know, everyone's got the same amount of braking ability and most guys have the same power. So you can't really put a move on any one of those sort of corners. But, um, hey, no, the track's there. I mean, the facilities at Winton now are very, very good. And, uh, you know, they can be congratulated for doing such a good job with the corporate hospitality and the, the new pit area. It's very good. Coming down to Oran Park, the, the word is it's going to really suit two cars better than, than any other. That's going to be the Volvo and the BMW, particularly to get the legs of the car up down that main straight. I suppose realistically we'd like to think it will suit our car, but it probably it'll suit everybody because uh, the, the long track, OK, it's got a longer straight, but the Audi's get out of the, the corner onto the straight so much better than the front-wheel drive cars that uh, you know, by the time you catch them and try to pass them, you're at the next corner. Now, the, uh, the long part of the circuit does have uh, three second-gear corners in it, which, you know, isn't good for us. But uh, I think for the nature of the circuit, um, it may be that we'll find that the, the three cars, the BM, the Audi and the Volvo, will be very, very closely matched. And uh, I think that'll be fantastic for, you know, like a thrilling finish to the championship. You know, you have to be worried about uh, Cameron McConville playing rear gunner for Brad Jones along the way as well. Well, it depends whether Cameron um, is allowed to fight for the title um, or uh, he backs Brad up. Now, I mean, if it was my team, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be having him back me up, but, uh, but I don't think Brad's like that. I think Brad will give him, give him his head and say, well, OK, let's listen it down to the wire and let's go for it because uh, he's a pretty fair guy, Brad, and um, I, I have a lot of respect for the guy and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. For more Australian motorsport news, choose the newspaper with the most motorsport news. For subscription details, email msnews at corplink.com.au. Motorsport News, proud partners of Inside Motorsport.
Kevin McLean, congratulations. You've taken out the Privateers Cup for 1998. Yeah, thanks very much. No, we're real pleased, obviously, to win the Independence Cup again this year. First time anyone's retained the title. Cameron, how's it, how was today? You guys are second place, second place on the paint, but you still haven't got that elusive win. No, we, um, I was looking good in the first race, and um, I actually made as much hate to admit as a driver error and dropped the left rear wheel off into the dirt and, and spun the car following Cameron McConville. Um, um, but, you know, like our, our car was good today in the second race. We made a, a good pit stop and had a good strategy and the Michelin's hung in. Like, I can't complain at all about anything. It's just uh, one of those things, the first one's the hardest. Yeah, Cameron, the, the thing here is, of course, that um, you've, you've secured the, the Privateers Championship. Now you've got a chance, if you really can go for broke, down at Oran Park. And, of course, Oran Park is one of those circuits, particularly with the long circuit, that could particularly suit the BMW. I actually think our car, as a package at Oran Park, will be probably the best car there, like, the tight stuff around the back is going to knock the Volvo around, and the speed, or probably the lack of speed down the straights from the Audis is going to—they're going to suffer a bit there. So um, it's going to be a pretty, pretty interesting um, meeting because the three guys, three other guys up the front there, are all biting for the championship, and we're really, really looking for a race win. So it's going to be a bit of blood and guts, I think. Cameron, one of the things, of course, when you're going down this final round at Oran Park in a, a couple of weeks' time, is that uh, you're going to be sort of going to make your stamp on this, this event you've got to try and make that final win so do you have anything special up your sleeve well not really we don't have any um the car we much the same but um i really think the track's just going to lend itself to our car like um here to get second and third was against both the Audis was quite a surprise like brad obviously had a problem in the first race but in the second race he was just off the pace for whatever reason tire problems etc but i think in the first race he was starting to struggle when his car had the problem so um yeah, like it, it's it's really going to be the long straight just lends itself to us up. Yeah, myself and the Volvo. It's just they they will struggle in the top end speed and it's such a long way down that straight. And of course, one of the things during this year has been the fact of the, the, the degree of support you've been getting from BMW coming up towards the AMP 1000. You, no doubt you've been probably talking to BMW. Have they sort of been offering anything additional in the way of support for that event? No, we've actually got word from BMW like any support for that, that event. Um, we do. We get support, if you could call it, in the form of uh, one loan car for each round, which still, I mean, from a privateer point of view, you know, you work out the rental car costs over 50 or 60 days during a year, it adds up and it, it helps, you know, I'm still grateful for that, but there's certainly no um, trick bits coming for Germany or factory gun drivers or engineers or anything. But um, there's always next year, and we're still talking to them about that and just hope they're interested. Like, I think the results we've gotten with the money we've spent are quite... You know, bang for their buck, they've probably got as good as they got last year. They can only keep asking the question and hope they get interested. Well, that's right, and securing the Privateers Championship again this year and, and actually the placings you have, you know, sort of consistent podium placing, can only go towards uh, helping secure that. Yeah, well, that's right, it all helps. I mean, um, results speak, don't they? And, and that's what BMW are looking for. They don't want to come second, they want to win. And we've really got to try and do that this year and uh, once or twice so we can start doing it a lot more next year. Well, we wish you every luck for Oran Park, and we'll be there, no doubt, to watch you and hopefully get that uh, first elusive podium for the year. Yeah, as Brad said, I think it's cool you're still here. I hope you're talking to a winner at the end of Oran Park as well. To contact Inside Motorsport, please send email to revel at spirit.com.au. Well, on Tuesday, Tuesday saw the official launch of the Supercars V8 Bathurst 1000. This year, it marks a new entry into the V8 Supercars with FAI picking up the all-important sponsorship naming right 
and a three-year involvement for the supercars. With rain pouring down for most of the Tuesday's practice session, it did not give the teams the opportunity they might have liked to have on their one and only chance to practice at the mountain. But Jason Barguana still had his hopes up. No, we don't really see much point in running out there, but um, it's getting dirty and wet. So we'll just uh, go out in the next session and just see what the circuit's like. Um, we're going to play the setup a little bit and see if we can you know, get a good car for the come November. Fortunately about now that the sun's coming out a little bit, so there's a chance you might get a bit of a dry track for later in the day? Oh, it'd be nice. Um, obviously, it'd be ideal for us if it was a dry track and the times would be a lot better and all that sort of thing. Going to that FIA, $25,000 would be nice too. So um, we'll be out there, we'll give it our best and see what we can come up with. So this type of situation, you're obviously here to test tyres, test brakes, test suspension, that's I think. You get a wet day like today, that sort of goes out the window? Well, yes, but it also gives you an opportunity to have a look at the circuit in the wet. So. There's always um, a time to go out there and enjoy your driving. And it's always fun in the wet conditions like this. The cars still can slide all over the place and we'll be right. Uh, come, obviously, November, if the, if the track's wet, we'll learn a bit for them. So it's a good thing for us. Mark Larkin has been one of the least blessed drivers of all that have taken part in the V8 supercars. Mark Larkin, in the Mitre 10 entry, was still happy with what he learnt from today. I mean, there's some surfaces that are just horrific in the wet in terms of grip level. Um, and there, it wasn't exactly what I'd call wet, wet. That was a very slippery surface, but it was still drivable, quite drivable. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't all bad. And it's always enjoyable to have a throttle around Bathurst anyway. You know. One of the problems, of course, being a wet test, so you don't get a chance to test out some of the things you'd like to test uh, later in the year. Yeah, look, uh, we're, we're fulfilling some sponsorship commitments and uh, supporting FAI for supporting the event. That's really why we're here today. I've got to be honest, we've, we've done nothing in the way of any sort of testing or evaluation of anything. In terms of the, uh, the testing you would have liked to have done, what type of testing would you have been doing if it had been dry? Well, I guess you like to, um, you know, just refine some of your suspension package and just what it, that means when you put the car on the track on Wednesday when you arrive here for the big event, uh, you know, you might be just a session closer to having the perfect setup. So, uh, you know, we would have been playing perhaps with shocks, shocks primarily. Having a look at our tyres, we're going to react to uh, the conditions. Although being so cold now, uh, and now running in November, I don't know that we would have got a lot of good uh, information in that regard. Well, we've got a day like today where it's about you know, 12, 13 degrees and when you come around in November, it's going to be in the 20s. makes a big difference to the temperature you get in the tyres and how they respond. Absolutely, and, and that also affects your, your setup. So, look, quite honestly, I think most of the teams are here today, you know, as I say, to uh, fulfil our media obligations and support FAI for supporting the event. And, uh, and uh, you know, at, at, the, at the media day, the supporters have come out. It's great to see the crowd here today. So uh, we're, re we're really here for that. In drag racing circles, it's been a long time since we've seen some drag racing in New South Wales, but when they did return to the racetrack, a fantastic wild bunch show headlined the second round of the Winter Series. Lindsay Churchill was more than dominant with a 30 mile per hour advantage in the final, which he had held just about all day through eliminations and qualifications. Lindsay Churchill is certainly on its fly as top heel Tony Galea joins us now. He went and leaped and bounced. He ended up taking out booting on the wild bunch bracket over uh, Benny Gat. Uh, Lindsay, you ran a four four fifty three, while Benny, I mean, he he came runner up with a five ninety six. Quick sixteen was another great for battle. I think there was only two sedans through the first round, so the, into the eight, two sedans. The rest were either altered or modified. But Terry Aglin, no one can stop him. That's right. He did, he did his hat-trick hat today, uh, taking out the quick 16 with that Camaro. I mean, it started out at the beginning of the year at East time with the uh, bracket attack. He had low pressure, took out the meeting, then he took out the round one of our winner series, and then he took out today. And he, um, 
won the meeting over the, uh, Sydney's fastest milker, Tim Nielsen. Tim Nielsen ran a 5.63, as were Terry Aglin. He ran a 5.82. The remainder bracket had 90 cars that were eliminated down to eventually two, Mick Vaughan and Andrew Ashley. That um, smart-looking little Capri took the win over uh, Mick Vaughan in that big block nitrous-powered uh, hatchback. Now, Mick, runner-up, he ran a 6.47 over Andrew Ashley on a slower 7.29. Yet again, it was whoever crossed the line first. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media in the studios of Triple SFM Canberra.